our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. scary movie gets a 2% on Rotten Tomatoes. Where Netflix and chill means you turn on a movie and ignore it. We bring to you streaming and screaming. We your hosts Lisa and Kara will go through and review all scary movies so you can make the ultimate decision of whether or not it's worth the watch. They'll stream so you can scream. Welcome back, everybody. It's your favorite sad piece. Streaming and screaming. Uh, We're your hosts, Lisa and oh, Kara. So me and Kara, Kara and I. Yep. Stream so you can scream. Ah! <laughs> so you can scream. So welcome back, everybody. If you're hanging with us today... Thank you for coming back to join us for our little scary horror thriller killer movie review. If you haven't checked out already, Human Centipede 1, that's out right now. Also, Blair Witch Bitch, that's out as well. So if you haven't seen those movies, want to see those movies, want to hear our take on those movies, go back and check them out. That's episode 1, 2, and 3 out now for your ears listening pleasure. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to get right into it. Um, we are back today. With some, some great movies. Just one movie. One movie. That's great. <laughs> now, I don't know if anyone's read the book, but this is Out of Glance Details. What's your girl, Lisa? It's Out of Glance Details. We are going over I the don't think movie. We, oh. Yeah, we're going over the movie. I like to call it Gerald, but it's Gerald's Game. I don't know why the fuck I can't say <laughs> Gerald, but it's Gerald's Game. Now... If you didn't already know, this was based on the novel of the same title, Gerald's Game by Stephen King in 1992. Now, if you know my boy Stephen King, you know he makes some killer novels. He does. the best. If you haven't seen it, you're sleeping on something great. Have you read it? Of course. You have. Mm -hmm. But I've also seen the one and the I've seen both movies, but it's so long. It is. It's a very, very long book. I don't think it's on my list it. of things to do with my life, but <laughs> we'll definitely be covering it both, uh, both, both guys here and there, <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> so, like I said, out of glance details. Now, Gerald's Game was directed by Mike Flanagan. It starred Carla Gugino, Gugino, and Bruce Greenwood. It was released September 24th, 2017, so pretty recently here, and it was released at Fantastic Fest, which we need to get our asses to, and its wide release, which was Netflix, was on September 29th, 2017. So very recently, it only came out a few months ago, and we both jumped on that shit as soon as it came out. Its runtime is 103 minutes, so about an hour and a half-ish time. Language, English, set in... 
in English countryside. <laughs> in America. <laughs> um, the genre is drama, horror, mystery, and suspense. So, for our plot overview... When a harmless game between a married couple in a remote retreat suddenly becomes a harrowing fight for survival, wife Jessie must confront long-buried demons within her own mind, impossibly lurking in the shadows of her seemingly empty house. Dun, dun, dun. So yeah, that's, that's what this movie's about. If you are interested in just that, pause this, go take a look-see, and then come back and chat with us. So there's some fun facts here. A lot of fun facts. We, it's a really fun movie to... It's so fun. So we're going to bebop around these real quick. So here's some interesting facts that I think kind of bring more character to the movie than it already has. So the movie itself features virtually no soundtrack during the course of the film. It's pretty. It's, That's cool. It makes it more, you know, it's weird. It's like a quiet place. Soundtrack is used mainly to create that suspense. Mm-hmm. But this movie does a great job of doing that suspense thing without I think that, that feeds to the suspense. So it's weird that music can go both ways. I thought that was interesting to note. Um, now, the director stated that Moonlight Man suffers from a disorder called acromegaly? 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 I don't know. Acromegaly? Acromegaly. Whatever. We need to figure that out because that's what we're going to have to keep saying it. Yeah. I got it. Help me, please. I suck at words. Please help me. Please help me. Let me learn. Acromegaly. Yeah. Acromegaly. Acromegaly. All right. So the director noted that Moonlight Man suffers from a disorder called acromegaly, which causes enlargement of the hands and feet as well as the forehead and chin. So if you've seen this movie... You know the Moonlight Man is kind of the character that makes you go, ooh, okay, hello, buddy. That's what I said. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that's also why he's very, very tall. Now, it's interesting to note, Carl Strukian? Strukian? Yep, him. The actor who portrays Moonlight Man does actually have this disorder. I don't like that. Don't say that. That's not nice. <laughs> I mean, like, that's because you feel bad being creeped out by him because it's an yeah. actual person. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so what you're seeing is pretty much what you're getting. Although I think they made him a little bit scarier in the movie. I mean, I don't think he's scary in real life is what I was trying to say. <laughs> Guys, just bear with me. I'm not trying to be me. Neither am I. Nobody is. <laughs> we just are. All right. Now, the Moonlight Man is, is called the Space Cowboy in the novel after Steve Miller's The Joker. But, fun fact, the reason they couldn't keep Space Cowboy is the name because the director did not know how to get the song reference in the film without playing the song. And once the cuffs were on, they wanted no more music in the film. And I'm sure the royalties on that were fucking rough. Netflix can't afford it. Yeah, right? So if you listen closely at the beginning of the film, you'll hear a news report on the radio that a grave robber's on the loose. Which is interesting because that obviously comes up. Yeah. Big part of the movie. And the cell phone out of reach on the bedside table and the container of Viagra are not present in the novel. I think they did that to bring it into the 21st century, yeah. whereas the novel obviously is from back in the day. Right. So. Which is, it's interesting. It's not interesting. I, like, <laughs> always say that the whole, the phone being out of reach thing 
is literally the only reason I keep my Hey Siri on. Oh. Because then you can yell, like, hey, I'm not going to say it because she'll pick it up (laughs) and call. But, like, you can tell her to call 911. Actually, really quick sidebar, because I know it's getting late. The kid that just passed away from being crushed in his van. Did you hear about that? Uh -uh. So, really quick, a kid, a 17-year-old kid was reaching for something in the backseat of his van. Here? Not in Pennsylvania, but, like, on the news. Um and but in the u.s yeah um and this just like a week or two ago happened um he was reaching back and the you know how van seats can fold down to be flat it flipped back as oh, it was shit. holding crushing him but he was still living like it, he was being suffocated but he was still alive and he used the hey siri feature nope What? <laughs> All right, enough. Um, he, that's how he called police. Yeah. Please stop talking. All right, sorry about that. Siri woke up. Um, but that's how he called nine one one, and they did jack off for him. And that's another case we can get into. Fucking nightmare. But um, that's how because he couldn't reach his phone. Yeah. Maybe that's what he was getting. I don't really know what happened, but that's how he called, and that's a really good thing. So if you have an iPhone. Or an Android, because I know, hey, Google does the same thing. Leave that shit on, because you never know when you're going to need that phone. You That's never know when reach. you're going to be chained to a bed. That's why I have this black boy on here. Yeah. And on your, I mean, not that this is, never mind, it was out of reach. It's irrelevant. The whole where you click the side five times <laughs> and it sends here. She, it, it was not a possibility. Uh, irrelevant. Comparing it to the book, the movie does not feature voices of Jesse's college friend or her former psychiatrist, Nora. Which I think we're bigger roles in the book yeah um, as part of her past to kind of deal with the trauma that she was mm-hmm. going through. you haven't read the book no okay neither right um the director would bring a copy of the novel to meetings and hope that one day he'd be able to make it into a film citing it often as his dream project yeah so he was working on getting this to be in theater or be in, be in theaters be a, a film for a very long time every yeah. time he had a meeting he'd bring it with him to try to pitch it but he failed every time except for this last time i guess and the woman from the dream jesse describes as standing over a well during an eclipse during an eclipse is dolores claiborne the main character from stephen king's 1992 novel of the same name inception so the book midnight mass that jesse throws at the dog in the movie was written by kate siegel's character from hush also directed by Mike Flanagan, and also a movie, movie we're going to cover on here because it's a really good one. Also has no soundtrack. Also has not yeah. So he we're hates gonna, the soundtrack. Yeah, he doesn't like music. Um, when Gerald says in the movie, spoiler, I guess everything in here isn't spoiler really, but he says, quote, all things serve the beam, quote. This is a reference to Stephen King's Dark Tower novel series. So clearly Stephen King likes to throw references or Mike Flanagan really wanted to nod his hat to Stephen King um, in these in this movie. He wanted to bring in little bits and pieces that, um, that you know, the brought them together. So the headboard of the bed is the lower half of the laser glass from Oculus, which I thought was interesting. Um, so they're reusing props, and I think it's kind of like an Easter egg type of thing yeah. for horror movie fans. Oculus is also a movie we'll cover eventually. I've never seen it. I'll really? Watch it. Yeah. It's good. Uh, mm, <laughs> we'll, talk. we'll discuss yeah. later. We'll talk. It, whatever. So um, Gerald says, 
in the movie, quote, we should take our medicine, quote. And that's a reference to The Shining by Stephen King, also, where Jack tells Danny to, quote, take his medicine, quote. So, like I said, there's Love a, me ton, a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton of references to different Stephen King novels and movies. All right, so this is the fourth collaboration between Kate Siegel and Mike Flanagan since Oculus 2013, Hush 2016, and Ouija Origin of Evil 2016. So, he must really like Kate Siegel. She does a really great job, so I agree. So, Bruce Greenwood is 15 years and 17 days older than his on-screen wife, Carla Gugino. Awards, I couldn't find any for this movie because it's so new. They probably will receive something. Um, So we'll check back on that later on in life. But as of right now, I did not see any rewards. Oh, rewards. Awards for this movie. Connected rewards? Yeah, right. Let's head on over to the spoiler room, Kara. Who is she now? Um, Isn't it? So most of these are comparisons between the novel and the movie. So, so if you for, haven't read the novel, it's not really a spoiler, but right. it's a spoiler <laughs> if you have read the novel and have not seen the movie. And it's just cool to compare them. Yeah. Um. So they would film the entire thing with Charla. I give up with you. Carla, Carla chained up in the bed and then again with a stand-in in the bed and Carla as the other side. So that's how, if you've seen the movie, they do those takes where she's talking to herself. Talking to herself yeah. Physically in the present. And she liked starting the day as Jesse too. <laughs> she wanted to start powerful, made up, and confident. Then she would be changed up as Jesse. That's that's funny. I mean, I'd probably do the same thing because then, like after a whole day's work of Jesse too, yeah, you can go like lay down and like get it all out. The last scene with the Moonlight Man was meant to encompass all of the sickness and all of the diseased maleness that Jesse had been victim to throughout her whole life, rolled up into one character. So this is what happens in that scene. And finally, in the last scene in the courtroom, Jesse says to the Moonlight Man, quote, you're so much smaller than I remember. It's the last line of the movie, but it's the first line that young Jesse says the first time we see her. And it's in a flashback when she's looking at their lake house. She says, it's so much smaller than I remember. And her father says to her, it's because you're bigger. And the director wanted to show that Jesse earned that symmetry to be able to turn around and take an emotional victory over everything that had happened to her. I wouldn't, maybe we shouldn't spoil it down to that. Mm. But she had some trauma. And in her early years, she gets to confront it basically mm-hmm. and win. So it's just a play on the whole phrase. You're so much smaller than I remember. Which I think is pretty cool because you wouldn't. No, think about that unless you're really mm-hmm. analyzing the movie. Right. Because so, when, I mean, when I, when Carly and I first watched it, we were like, what does that even mean? Yeah. I just thought she meant like, she was just trying to like, cut his ego down. You know, like, yeah. oh, you're like not you, that big. Like, dumb, dumb, you're little. Yeah, you're like tiny dude, even though you're seven foot nothing. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So... Let's go over to the ratings room, which is what we're going to call that now because I just decided I like to. that. The ratings room. So Rotten Tomatoes gave the 
movie, 91% on the tomato meter. That's a lot. With a 73% audience uh, review, I guess, or favorability. I don't really know what that means. But 91%, if, if you know as a horror movie, we say it in the intro, we'll say it a thousand more times, it is fucking a dog-eat-dog world out there for horror movies. It takes a lot to impress critics, especially when you're in this genre, because a lot of them are they're, phony as shit. And there's such a stigma around being a horror movie that there's you can't. It's hard. There's to no meaning in that, it. Yeah. There, you it's can't a get anything out of it. Stage because not a lot of people. Well, that's lie because listen, like our fucking podcast right. is all about horror. But people don't see horror movies as being able to be insightful, and mm-hmm. and a lot of the times you're right. Right. Like there are some stupid ass horror. Like Thanksgiving. But there are some great horror movies exactly so this one definitely gets uh and get out is kind of changing that yeah but absolutely. that's why that was such a big win over yeah an audience that they wouldn't have already had so metacritic gave it a 76 out of 100 imdb scored 6.7 out of 10 and stephen king himself said the film was quote hypnotic horrifying and terrific which is huge because they remade his novel that's a huge 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 compliment to a movie when you're i'm tra- Trying to oppress the man who made it. Yeah. All right, let's get into the fun sheet. All Best right, 10-minute test, my friends. Did we want to turn it off after 10 minutes? Kara, take it away. I said no. It held my attention and interest the whole way through. From the pretty much the very beginning, you get invested in it. Mm-hmm. And the whole way through. Yeah, I agree. I said no. I was intrigued from the get-go. Um, I was curious where the movie was headed. I had not read the novel. I still have not read the novel. So I had no idea really what it was about, even though I am the kind of person who listens to this kind of shit before I watch the movie. The trailers are really compelling. They made you say, like, what the fuck is this about? What's going to happen here? Um, So, yeah, it held my attention. And it's one of those movies that you turn on and it's kind of like, okay, what's about to happen? How is this going to work? Right. And the whole premise of just the fact that it's a whole movie that, a lady's chained to a bed you're like how is that a movie and then you watch it so right because it does sound boring from the surface like okay this woman's chained to the bed bullshit all right so why is the no, no, there's a sound we have more sound effects than this movie had <laughs> <laughs> so real so fake so was it a plot or were there elements that felt like it could happen in real life? Now, my vote was hell yeah, so real. So it plays a lot on the power of the mind and what happens to the mind when deprivation is paired with trauma. Because you'll learn throughout the movie that there's some trauma in her past, like we said. And then she's chained to a bed. She doesn't have water. She's not food. She's freaking out. It just shows. And it shows it slowly, kind of. You know what I mean? It's a movie that keeps your attention. But you kind of go through it with her, right? So... Um, though it has some elements that wouldn't happen in real life, if you look at the scenario through the eyes of the character who is in a delirious state, it does feel very, very, very real. Mm-hmm. I definitely I mean. agree with all of that. Um, in my opinion, it was sort of both so real and so fake mm-hmm. because the whole time when we watched this, um, you know, we watched it in traditional horror movie fashion with all the lights out. Um, it was in the fall, so that's my favorite time for watching horror movies. Oh, but best. I just kept saying to my roommate Carly, I kept saying, I could definitely break free from that. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm still to this day convinced that I could break free. Yeah. But 
And they kept talking about how, like, the bed was just reinforced, but I still think I could do it. Yeah. But, like, we had just talked about, it's real enough that I'm keeping my phone on the Hey Siri capability just just in case I need it. Yeah. I, I agree, yeah. it's It has elements, but it's like, okay, all right. Yeah. Like, it's enough to scare you. Yeah. But it's, it's like, enough so you're like, it's just a movie. It kind of reminds me, I don't know if you ever do this because I'm like, I'm idiot but <laughs> at night when I was little and sometimes now but I try not to do it because it scares me um just like anything like they say that this is what happens when you do like bloody mary in the bathroom um but if you stare at anything in the dark for a long enough it, time mm-hmm. it starts to appear because your brain starts to same thing with like something. doors moving and yeah yeah and my posters used to move and it was because I would stare at them and think they right. were moving. um but I think this plays on that kind of real fear. And I think everyone's gone through that where you're in a dark room and you're kind of like staring at a corner and it's really a towel, but it starts to look like something else. Right. I use that has to happen. I don't even want to talk about it because I'm going to see it tonight. Me. Stop it. Stop it. But, Stop it. I don't want to hear it. I mean, you're probably more mature than me, but it was the girl from the ring. I always used to see her in my no. mirrors. Dude. So funny you said that because I had, I don't know, like it was like a chair in my room with oh. when I was little and that's something I could see. Goodbye. I'm done. All right. That's, that's the thing that scarred me for life. And I think, like I said, that that's something that everyone can relate to. And that's, even though this doesn't take place in the dark, well, sometimes it does, but it plays on that fear because you can feel that like hallucination. You can feel it. Yeah. You know it's not there, but then you're starting to question, is it actually there? Is it not there? What's happening? You know? Am I am I hallucinating? Is this thing really in front of me? And that's when shit gets starts right. to get real real. So yeah. So if you want to have panic attacks at night, talk to <laughs> Kara and I after the show. We're very familiar. <laughs> All right. So Netflix and chill. Would we throw it on this background noise, or should we be paying attention to this movie? I definitely think you should be paying attention because you would miss so much if you weren't paying attention. Um, especially there's no soundtrack, so there's really not a reason to have it on in the background. Yeah. So it would just be like silent. It would just be like a silent film in the background, which... <laughs> with like the occasional words. Yeah. Um, I agree with Kara completely here. I agree with you. I don't know why I said it like that. I agree with you <laughs> completely here. I think the movie can kind of be slow at some parts. Um, but most of that is because the suspense. You're watching her try to figure out what's going on, what's real, what's not. Also, the dialogue um, is something that you should be paying attention to because it's so important to the plot of the yeah, movie that sure. I feel like it would completely do a movie, do this movie injustice if you're not paying full attention. Like, don't even pick up your phone because you're going to get distracted and you're mm-hmm. going to miss these little bitty plot points that really make the movie what it is. Yeah. Um, and as somebody who does pick up their phone constantly Same. in movies, I didn't during this. Yeah, because it's something that, like, really, you really want You get invested. Yeah. Um, But if you're an asshole, you really could technically ignore it. Like, it, <laughs> if you're not invested within the first, I'd say, 20 minutes... You're, you're not going to. Just don't watch it. Yet. Because you're not yeah. paying the proper respect that you should as a viewer. Right. That you owe to the director. Right, exactly. So it passed our 10-minute test. So if you're interested in it, I think we think you should, you know, obviously mm-hmm. keep it on. Mind fuckery. Did the movie have any wild plot twists or do a total 180 that blew your fucking mind out of the park, Kara? At the end, I would say that it was mildly. Mm-hmm. But... Other than that, nothing too crazy. Yeah, it's because it's like it's one of those things. We're not going to completely give it away, but it's one of those things. We've hinted at it. Yeah, that um, the whole movie is like, is this actually happening or is she imagining it really? It's kind of what it feels like a lot of the time. 
And so the mindfuckery is you find out things may not or may be as they seem. You never know. I'm not going to give it away because that would spoil the whole fucking thing. But, um, like, when it ended, I was like, whoa, okay. Right. I see you. I see what you did there. But it wasn't like, whoa, like, right. holy fuck. Like, that's what like, this was. Right. Um, it wasn't, like, mind-blowing revelations, mm-hmm. really. But it was something that made you, like, stop for a minute and be it's like, like okay, whoa. I got you. What? I see what you did there. Okay. I don't care. I see you there, boy. <laughs> Theater ready. Would you see it in theaters, Kara? If that were an option, totally. I agree. So, uh, had it been released in theaters, yes. However, we at Netflix exclusive right now. They own the rights. They say boop, boop to you. Which yep. does make it kind of nice because anyone can watch it anywhere, anytime, so you have no excuse to sleep on this film. Yeah, we know you have Netflix. I don't know why I keep saying that, but I like it. Sleep on it. Okay. I like that. All right. So, yes, we both agree it would be really badass in theaters. I think it would be a cool movie to see. Big screen. Rinse or repeat, would we watch it again or would we recommend it to others? Both. Would watch again. Would recommend. Aw, that like kind of rhymes. Would watch again. Would recommend. Yeah, I like I it. I just need a little you bit of time to get over what we'll talk about in a few here. Yeah. Um, I would 100% watch it again or recommend it. I think it's also one of those movies after going over these points that I'd like to rewatch. Just because I feel like there's symbolism and things that I kind mm-hmm. of looked over. You definitely catch more. Yeah. When I was watching the first time that I would probably see again the second time. And I love, like I said, with every other movie we've watched pretty much so far, there will be some that I don't see this, but I would like to other people to watch it with me because mm-hmm. I like showing people movies like this. All right, Kara, this is the fun part for you. Gore factor. Kara, oh. oh, plot, the plot, the plot, the plot. <laughs> The plot thickens. Was the plot good? Did we like the plot? Did we think it was interesting enough? Um, or do we think the plot could have been stronger? I think for a movie that takes place almost exclusively in one location, which would be chained to a bed, they managed to make it really interesting. Nailed it! Um, they do find a way to really make you feel like you're in the scenario yourself that's reeling you into the plot. I think the way it is filmed, you really start to feel like you're the one chained to the mm-hmm. bed. I don't know if that was just me and I was going no, I, crazy. Yeah, no, I get Doesn't that. Doesn't it kind of like, you feel her struggle. It's kind of yeah. like... And she's, movie. I mean, she's not even like a high profile actress, but mm-hmm. she killed it. Yeah, she was so good. And... And she really, she really sold it. And it reminds me of another movie we're going to definitely review because it's one of the movies that really fucked me up. But, um, Funny Games. Have you seen it? We're going to, we're going to take you to Funny Town. Both new and old versions. Cause, oh. But they're identical, so maybe it's not necessary. But <coughs> if you've seen Funny Games, which we're going to go over in more detail, but there is one part in that movie, well, a few parts in the movie, which are filmed almost exclusively in one take. And so you feel the struggle. Like you're, you're like sweating with the character. And I feel like even though I don't think this was filmed in one take, um, that's what you feel. You yeah. kind of get the anxiety. Like, oh, fuck, is she going to – I'm stuck here forever. Yeah. Is she going to get out? Like, Kara was like, I could break those chains. I'm sitting there sweating. Like, I'm going to need water here soon. You definitely picture yourself in that It's position. so weird that it, like, it has that effect, but it for sure had it on me. And you as well. So, uh, yeah, I think – like Kara said, for a plot that's exclusively to one, one scene, really one one place, yeah, it keeps it interesting, and it does do little subplot things that are kind of yeah. like, oh, like, um, yeah, flashback. Like, oh, I'm a kid. Yeah. Oh, I'm not. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, 
This is the part that Kara's gonna have to squeamies about. I'm gonna call them the squeamies. I'm, right, getting, I'm already getting the squeamies. <laughs> the squeamy side. Um. All right, gore factor. Kara, take it away. Was this movie gory? Was it gross? Yep. Was it bloody? I. Kara's already like getting red and flushed oh. and like hot and bothered over this. I watch. Like I've seen some shit in yeah. my day. Like we we take it to the extreme with horror movies. Like I watch people get chopped to bits. I've seen two guys one hammer. Why do we even bring it up? Every Why does it always come up? Apartment. It's always in this apartment. Make it go away, Kara. I've that's se- a movie that's fucked me up. No, it's not even a movie. Fuck it. Nope, 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 nope. I've seen my fair share of shit. I hate that. And you this that up cause is that's all I can think about. This is the only movie I've ever walked out of a room at. I just I just want to tell them what happened. Yeah, Can I tell them? So, spoiler, if you don't want yeah. to know, there's one... It's literally just one, one scene. One scene in the movie. It's so, so if you don't want to know, skip over the next five minutes. Now. <sighs> she is tied, t- or chained to this bed with handcuffs. Because, you know, like... Handcuffs. Kinky, kinky. Can you stay she over here? She... What's her name? In the movie? Jesse. <laughs> She's chained to the bed. She can reach a glass above her head, and that's it. So she was reaching it and taking little sips of water and like rationing Which it. Which is also the most stressful thing in the world. Yes, because she's so carefully putting it back up, and and that's another scene that really you feel it. Yes. So she decides how she's gonna get free. Whew. <laughs> she breaks the glass against a wood shelf, and she cuts her wrist like she pretty much cuts her hand off so she can slide it through the handcuff the technical term is degloving <gasps> if you know what the that gave me chills the word degloving <laughs> yeah so essentially she and it is graphic ugh. i don't know how they filmed it like that but it is graphic yeah. and it goes on forever yeah it's slow moving it's, it's like a five minute scene, scene of her coming off her hand and it's and one of those movies where they show the struggle. They show it. They show it. They show it. They show it. I didn't walk out. I watched the whole thing. I was sitting on the couch, and I walked into the kitchen and just screamed, <laughs> no, 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 no. But yeah, so pretty much she slides the skin off of her hand <laughs> for a moment to get the fucking For five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But it goes back. It's not like she like rips all the skin off of her hand and her hand. Like, like, but that's a real thing. Don't ever look that shit up on Google. Because everything can be degloved. Your whole body can be degloved. So, so if you ever hear someone in the medical profession say degloved, just vomit right there and tell them to stop talking. Stop talking. But like, as a whole, is the movie gory? No? Is I that part... <laughs> I heard a little in your voice. But that is enough. That takes it over Saw. It takes it over Hostel. It takes it over everything. Yeah. I don't understand. Like, I thought it was gross, but I don't. I think Saw is a little bit worse. No. I don't know what it was. Yeah, I don't. I think it might have just been slow. the whole experience. Yeah, so. it was just you were already in her body with her. So weird. That was really weird. But, you know what I mean? Like, we talked about this. It's it one of movies that really progresses slowly but fast at the same time. So you feel like it's you. Like, you can feel the pain because it ooh. films it in such. I think it's. Like, like with one take. Like yeah. You can, like, you watch the succession, you see your desperation, you see this is my last resort, and then you feel the fucking pain. So that's where Kara is. I think that's right, because I saw it's, like, so quick. It's like, okay, whatever. Yeah, and you don't really like care her. about those people. Yeah. It's like, oh, you guys were all fucked anyway. Yeah, you suck. And, like, Hostel's kind of like, oh, okay, whatever, you asshole. But, like, 
this was you cared about the character and you also it was filmed in such a way that you were there with her. You felt like you're going through it. You're holding her hand or doing or it yourself. Golfing it. So, Kara, where can we watch this movie? Netflix. 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 I wasn't bad. But yeah, it's, yeah, so you can watch it on Netflix. Only Obviously, on Netflix. It's a Netflix exclusive. Maybe one day it'll be graced to the world. The peasants of Netflix. the world? Yeah, the ones who don't pay that good monthly fee, which is worth it, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, um, my mom pays it. Yeah, my brother pays mine. <laughs> Sorry, mom. I pay for Hulu. But you know, you get everything out of it, you know, whatever. If it's worth it if you watch movies. Um, <coughs> I'm drawing over here. Um, all right, final thoughts, Kara. Let's wrap it on up. Good movie. Definitely worth watching. Shield your eyes when you're watching the DeGlove. (laughs) I hate that word. Love minus the DeGlove. Yeah, I hate that. All of that sentence that hurt me inside. But I agree. I think it was a really good movie. I think they, I don't, based on what I read, I didn't read the book yet, but based on what I read, it seemed like it really stayed true to the book. It really took the points that would make it an interesting movie and really turned it into one. Um, especially like Kara said, I think she really, you really nailed it when you said for a movie that's almost exclusively in one place, chained to a bed, it's a, they keep you enthralled. So ladies and gents, that was episode of Streaming and Screaming, where we stream so so you you can can stream. We love you. Thanks for checking us out. If you haven't already, like we already said, go check out Blair Witch, which I like to call Blair Witch. Um, human centipede one, two, three, four, six, seven, eight. We have so many human centipedes. Oh, I hope so. they make it that high. <laughs> Can you imagine? Could they ever make another one? No, they said final sequence. Oh, they're sodded too. Sodded scream. Did they come out with another one after the There's final? four, yeah. What was the last one called? Well, it was just Scream 1, Scream 2, Scream 3, but it was supposed to be a trilogy, and then they were going to make it a double trilogy. What the hell is a double trilogy? Six movies. So they made the fourth one, and he says, Kevin Williamson, I love Scream, Kevin Williamson said he has the fifth and sixth written, and he was waiting to see how the reception was for the fourth one, and it was not good. Ooh, we're going to go all over this over and screaming and screaming here in a bit, but uh, <laughs> right now we're going to wrap up Gerald's game. <laughs> Thank you for checking us out. If you like this little series, we like you too. Please go rate, review, subscribe, and join me and Kara every two weeks. Every every two bi- weeks. Yeah, bi-weekly. Bi- bi-weekly. For this beautiful episode to break up the horrible, horrific nature of Eye for an Eye. Thank you for checking us out. Thank you for being with us here tonight. I hope you don't see any shadow people because that is all we put in your brain tonight. Don't do anything stupid. Don't let your spouse handcuff you to a bed. And then die. <laughs> so <laughs> let him die. Because <laughs> you will be fucked. All right. We love you guys. Thanks for chilling with us tonight. Bye. Bye. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. 
Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.